the Kentucky side from Link NKY. I'm Michael Monks. Hey, y'all. Hey, you guys. Hey, you all. What do you say to a group of people if you're from around here? And how do you sound when you do it? Do you have an accent? Does Northern Kentucky have an accent? Maybe. Maybe not. This is not a melting pot of a single accent here the way I would expect. With the Ohio River separating Kentucky from Ohio, does it also serve as a dividing line between the Southern accent and something more Midwestern? The question of does the Southern dialect start there, that's up for debate. And I wouldn't tell any Ohio people this, but the fact is that river is not really necessarily a very hard and fast line either. The way we talk plays an important role in how we identify culturally, but so do other things. So despite our accent or lack thereof, is Northern Kentucky the South? No, <laughs> no, lovingly no. I'll say Northern Kentucky's not the South. And if you think Kentucky owns the word y'all, think again. It turns out it's another choice that is more commonly used here than anywhere else. How we say what we are next on the Kentucky side. This is the Kentucky side from Lincoln KY. I'm Michael Monks, and I want to start off by confessing I have a dirty little secret. I've been a Northern Kentucky-centric journalist for like more than a decade. I went to Covington and Kenton County Schools. I graduated from NKU. I'm a Northern Kentucky guy. But I wasn't always this way. I was born in Louisville, and I lived there until I was 12 years old when my family packed up and moved to Covington. And our belongings weren't all we brought with us. I love you more than life itself. You're my boy. I love you. Bye. That's my nanny, my mom's mom, returning a voicemail I left for her on her birthday last year. She and the rest of our extended family still live in Louisville. And when I first got here, that's how I sounded. For the first time in my life, I was made to feel different at school. No one else at Holmes Junior High School talked quite like me. Now, I was only from 100 miles away, but it might as well have been a 1,000. Now, after 20 years in broadcasting and some years in theater and 30 years of living here, my accent isn't quite so Louisville anymore. And yeah, my vowels can get a little haywire from time to time, especially the eyes. And when I say our area code, 859 gives me away every time. God forbid if you're around when I answer a call from my mother, we sound like the Judds. But I've noticed something as my own Southern accent dwindled. And it's not just that it's not completely gone. I've noticed that you kind of have one too. Yeah, that's right. You. And more and more, I've become convinced that Northern Kentucky does have a Southern accent or something Southern adjacent. Something happens when you cross the Ohio River from Cincinnati and start to pass prominent landmarks that proudly proclaim, Florence, y'all, y'all get a little country. So I was wondering, does the Southern accent begin right here in Northern Kentucky? 
I talk to a couple of language experts, and then I quiz my teammates here at Link, and you're going to hear all of that in this episode. Jennifer Kramer is a professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Kentucky. She's an expert on Kentucky dialects and associated identities. And like me, she's originally from Louisville. Professor Kramer joined me via Zoom to talk about accents, dialects, and where Northern Kentucky fits in. What is the Kentucky accent? I think, actually, some of my research uh, seems to suggest that what makes the Kentucky accent is actually that specific mixture of this and that. Um, if you ask somebody from Alabama if they're Southern, they'll probably look at you funny because why on earth would you ask that question? Similarly, if you ask someone from Indianapolis, say, if they're Midwestern, I think they probably would say, of course, I'm Midwestern. But Kentuckians sort of revel in this in-betweenness, and so... Um, the, the dialect research showcases lots of these kinds of variations that put them as uh, a mix. They have pieces of, of the dialect that belong to the South, pieces of the dialect that belong to Appalachia, pieces of the dialect that belong to, uh, we call it the Midland, but Midwest. Uh, and, and that sort of being able to draw on those resources, again, it's about contact. Uh, people in Louisville do a lot of their business with people over the river in Indiana, People in other parts of the state do their business with people in Ohio or West Virginia or Tennessee. And so those contacts build up um, and, and showcase for those people what, what exists out there. And you get a little bit of drawing on all of it. So, yeah, we have Southern stuff, but we also have some other interesting things going on here. And it's really probably the best place to be a linguist. Professor Kramer was enthusiastic to talk about Kentucky and the way Kentuckians speak. And I was thrilled to learn I'm not alone in my fascination with how we speak. I talked to her about that. You know, I'm a social media guy, obviously, being in, in the media. And anytime I see something coming across any of the particular news feeds related to whether somebody says Coke or soda, where people say y'all or you guys or yens or fireflies versus lightning bugs, I mean, the thing blows up. People really seem to find some serious interest in this part of themselves. What is it about dialects that draws some such interest from ourselves in this part of our identity? I'd say a lot of people have really strong feelings, positive and negative, about where they're from. Uh, you find this even in people who want to tell you they're from everywhere, like the people who um, grew up with a military background, is that part of their identity is tied to that lack of place. Whereas some people really feel strongly that their home is who they are. It's where they're from. It's what they're about. And of course, there are the others who have ran away from home and don't want to associate with that. In that case, place is still very important to who they are in the sense of saying who they're not. I'm looking at one of those such maps right now, and it, it gives very county level specifics on whether you say Coke, whether you say pop, whether you say soda. And uh, I, what I find very interesting uh, for the purpose of our specific conversation today is that Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati are very clearly on opposite sides of this, despite bordering one another. So it looks like Northern Kentuckians are like much of the rest of the state and referring to most carbonated beverages as a Coke, just generically, whereas across the river in Cincinnati and, and north of there, they say soda, excuse me, they say pop. So how do these types 
of micro changes where, where you're, you're so close to one another, but yet you see these different dialects emerge. How does that happen? So obviously with the history of American English, there's a lot of uh, importance placed on things like settlement and migration and uh, general histories of the peoples, how much time they spent together. That's one of the biggest uh, decision makers on, on how similar varieties tend to be is how often are you around it? How often are you spending time with people who speak in that way? And how does that impact who you think you are? Again, it's the same sort of in-group, out-group thing. Do you want to be part of that group? Then you're going to try to sound like them. Um, and so in a lot of cases with the regional variation that we see, some of it arrived there by these same kinds of different routes of, um, of migration across the country. Of course, Kentucky's in a very wonderful uh, middle ground for that. So we had people who came into Kentucky downriver from places like Pennsylvania, um, up through the Cumberland Gap uh, as well. And so we get this really lovely mixing of Northern and Southern things. Of course, we're talking about carbonated beverages. And so that doesn't necessarily come from those earliest settlers. But what you see happening is uh, a term will get picked up in a market and it'll stick. And if other places want to distinguish themselves from those places, then they'll pick up something different. Um, I don't know that anybody's done a really strong study of why it's Coke in the South. And the, the folk linguistic idea is that, well, Coca-Cola is in the South. So uh, maybe that's that's it. We'll hear more from Professor Kramer in a moment. I also wanted to talk with a local expert. The University of Kentucky has an entire department of linguistics. Northern Kentucky University doesn't. Many of my colleagues who are medievalists at other regional um, teaching-centered universities and colleges, I am responsible for teaching history of the English language and possibly, as, as is the case at NKU, introduction to linguistics. Those courses, either one or, or both of them, can be required by the state for prospective high school English teachers. That's Dr. Tamara O'Callaghan, associate professor in the Department of English at NKU. In her 25 years at the Highland Heights campus, she's taught a lot, including that required linguistics course. And she definitely has an accent. O'Callaghan is from Ontario. Uh, that's in Canada. And she had some ideas of what to expect in Kentuckians' accents when she moved here, but she found out she was wrong. I was floored at the degree of accent variation within my own classrooms from students who I realized did not necessarily live that far from each other. Um, some came from a little further south in Kentucky, some were from northern Kentucky, some were from across the river in Cincinnati, some were more from the west side of Cincinnati versus the east side. Um, it wasn't that there was a strong difference, but it was like, you know, this is not a melting pot of a single accent here, the way I would expect. In 2005, a student of O'Callaghan's, Gwendolyn Buchanan, conducted some research as part of an independent study related to that variation and how local folks talk. An article in the Cincinnati Post at the time reported Buchanan's findings as we have a strong Appalachian influence in our speech here. Also with impact from southern and northern states, as well as influence from German and Scotch-Irish heritages. I asked Professor Kramer from UK about this. The purpose of my exploration here is what kind of accent does northern Kentucky have? 
And is it sort of where the Southern accent begins? Because you're right also in your observation that the rest of the state does lump us in with Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I can assure you that Cincinnati does not lump us in <laughs> with them. And so inside of a state's identity crisis, Northern Kentucky has its own micro identity crisis about who we are and which state we're a part of and, and what should we focus on and who are we? I I'm wondering what you can tell me about Kentucky accent specific to the very tip top of the state here. And does the Southern accent begin right here? Hmm. Um, so what's really interesting about, about the dialect regions that we're talking about is no matter where we were talking about, we would say that the borders are fuzzy. Um, we draw lines because that's what we can draw, but essentially we'd probably rather draw clouds uh, around the edges because those lines are not hard and fast. It's not like on one side of the line, they say this and the other side, they say that, and there's no, no distinction. That contact we talked about earlier really matters. So maybe at a time when the people in Northern Kentucky didn't actually spend a lot of time with people across the river, maybe the bridge wasn't built. <laughs> uh, maybe they weren't very similar in that time. Uh, but as long as we've been interacting, those those connections we make really matter. So people who spend a lot of time in Cincinnati, who work in Cincinnati, who do business with people who are in Ohio, those people are not only um, in contact with those voices more regularly, they also have a reason for wanting to sound like those people. Um, a lot of times people who sound alike want to be alike. And so if you can sound like the person you're trying to sell something to, maybe you make that kind of connection and that's a, it's a positive thing for your business. Similarly, some people in Northern Kentucky likely do a lot of their business with other Kentuckians. And so in that case, again, figuring out what the, the linguistic features are for those places. And it's not like this necessarily happens actively. Uh, I don't imagine there are very many business people who sit down and go, okay, now that I'm talking to this person from Cincinnati, I have to say it this way. But it is something that we sort of naturally flow in and out of. And because of that sort of transition zone nature of both Louisville and Northern Kentucky, I would say that you get quite a bit of a mix. The question of does the Southern dialect start there, that's up for debate. And I wouldn't tell any Ohio people this, but the fact is that river is not really necessarily a very hard and fast line either. And so as much as someone wants to say culturally or politically or something else, Ohio is the North and Kentucky is the South, the fact is Southernness sort of bleeds up over that river and the Northernness bleeds down. So the Northernness bleeds down, the Midwesternness bleeds East and the Southernness bleeds up. Professor O'Callaghan from NKU describes the region as uniquely situated, a crossroads, an accent, and dialect development, where there's extremely varied pronunciation and vocabulary choices. What also fascinated me as soon as I started teaching at NKU was that my students in the class, even though they all said they came locally to NKU, they weren't coming from across the United States to come to NKU, they all sounded different. And it really depended whether they came from north of the river or they were south of the Ohio River. And that's when I realized that when I started teaching history of the English language and then eventually introduction to linguistics here, that as much as this region is referred to as a Midlands accent, 
that it is not uniformly one. Let's talk about y'all. The word features prominently on that water tower along I-75. It's one of our most famous landmarks. And, and now the minor league baseball team is all in on it, rebranding a couple of years ago as the Florence Y'alls. You will hear y'all in Northern Kentucky, particularly um, speech patterns that are considered Southern, but from Appalachia. And you will not hear y'all once you get across the Ohio River into Cincinnati nearly the same way. Here's Professor Kramer's take on it. I, I'm very fond of the Florence Y'alls baseball team having taken up the word y'all and just owning it. So I actually got permission from the y'alls to include a picture of their logo to say, you know, the, the word is being owned. Um, Northern Kentucky is not shying away from its southernness in that regard. So I, I find that a very fascinating change that I'm seeing even in, in that area, because I know for a long time, Northern Kentuckians would kind of roll their eyes about the Florence y'all. Like, oh yeah, everybody comes to see that. But I think it's just a beautiful picture of the fact that you're in Kentucky, Kentucky tends to be Southern, own it. So does that prove what I've been thinking, that Northern Kentucky is where the South and the Southern accent began? Well, not really, because it turns out Kentucky doesn't own y'all. Here's more from my chat with Professor Kramer. What I think is interesting about it is that it seems that it is spreading in use at a rapid pace. It's become a common word that non-Southern people use as a, as a cute way of referring to a group. And I, I, I don't have any evidence to support this, but I, I suspect that it's tied to our widespread access to one another on social media. And I'm wondering specifically uh, in reference to that word and maybe to the Southern uh, dialect or accent in general, what type of impact has this mass uh, connectivity that we have to one another had on the perception and the use of Southern vernacular, even outside of the South? Yeah, y'all is a, is a fascinating word. It's a fascinating story. And it's actually, uh, I, I'm a native y'all user and I regularly use y'all in my classroom. And I tell my students that I do that not just because I'm marking myself as Southern, but also uh, because it's a place where whatever the standard is, it's clearly lacking because lots of varieties have come up with something. Uh, standard English would say you is singular and you is plural. Most speakers of American English don't like that. So we've got y'all, yins, youins, yous guys, you guys, and so on. Uh, but, but you're right. I think that y'all has sort of risen up to this level of of, of signifying Southernness very clearly and uniquely. It broadly is connected. Uh, it's uh, accompanied by um, lots of other ways in which um, I think place has grown as a, as a bigger part of who people think they are, maybe in reaction to the sort of highly connected global, global world. But you see people with laptop stickers with their state on it, or the, I mean, the quintessential is the New York shirts, I heart New York, right? That's like the, every tourist has to go get that shirt. Um, and that started to become more and more common uh, in all the states. You get lot, lots of local artists creating everything you could wear. And I think for y'all, they've really taken to that. It's basically the Yale t-shirt um, that's just the block letters. But instead of saying Yale, it says y'all. And that just started off a firestorm of people wearing dialect associated uh, uh, 
uh, t-shirts. So, uh, you know, I have a Kentucky shirt, Kentucky versus all y'all. That's one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite shirts. Um, but, uh, I think that you're right that it's gaining a lot of ground more recently and maybe the shirts are part of it. But I think one of the things I, I hear a lot of my students say is they like y'all not only because it serves that role of second person plural and it sounds plural, but also the other options, things like use guys or you guys, uh, carries guys with it and guys has a, a gender to it and y'all has a more gender neutral plurality to it. And so you're starting to get people to take it up on, on those terms going alongside of, of lots of conversations around pronouns and um, uh, singular they and things of that nature. So I think it's got a lot of potential for, for that, that use. Now you said Kentucky kind of owns that word and I, I would love to agree with you. Uh, <laughs> The maps you were looking at earlier that are by county uh, might be from this one specific data source where the person collected data people put in their uh, zip code. And that's how he was able to create those maps. A statistician at North Carolina State named Josh Katz later took that same data and smoothed it a little bit uh, using some statistical GIS software. And he created some maps of those specific, uh, lots of specific linguistic things, but that one in particular and one of my it's one of my favorite maps to show students because actually Kentucky owns you all, uh, not y'all. It's the only place in the country where you get you all as like the dominant word. And I regularly tell people I think it's the same phenomenon as Coke, soda, and pop, in that you all allows them to do the plural stuff without necessarily grabbing hold of the southernness of y'all. So maybe northern Kentucky isn't the only part of the state a bit confused about where we fit in this country. Kentuckians are interesting because um, Kentuckians kind of want the best of both worlds. Uh, they will say, yeah, we, we are definitely smart. Um, maybe not as smart as people in Chicago and the Midwest, but we're smart. Um, but we're also pleasant. Not, not maybe as pleasant as those people in Tennessee, but we're very pleasant. Uh, so, so they kind of have this best of both worlds uh, situation going on. Um, I would I would agree that there's some cultural cachet, especially for things like y'all, uh, in the broader broader cultural atmosphere. But I think that, especially for people in places like Louisville and Northern Kentucky, they are maybe not actively, but picking and choosing which things are okay. To explore this issue further. I rounded up three members of the Link NKY team and quizzed them on how they talk and whether Kentucky is in the South. No, I just had this conversation with my boyfriend Isaac the other day. Um, I said we were not part of the South and he said we were. And I made the argument that we were not part of the Confederacy in my argument. Um, I think when you think of the South, you think of prominent states like Texas or Alabama. When you think of the South, I, even from someone like New York, I don't think the first state that pops into their head is going to be Kentucky. Um, I think we're in this weird gray area where if you ask someone from Texas where they're from, they might say they're from the South or, you know, I'm from the West Coast. Um, if you're in Kentucky, what do you say? That's Link reporter Haley Parnell, a native of Melbourne in Campbell County. She's adamant that NKY is not in the South. She doesn't think she has a Southern accent. And recently she returned from a trip to Montana where no one said a word about the way she talked, though she had thoughts about their manner of speaking. Um, I also thought they kind of spoke like they had a Minnesota accent. 
had like Minnesota, <laughs> like kind of like twang to the end of their words and things like that. Um, so I think I noticed their accents more. I don't think I have an accent. Link print editor Caitlin Gebby is from just outside Indianapolis, and she worked as a reporter in East Tennessee before coming here. No, <laughs> no, lovingly no. Uh, Kentucky is not the South. I'll say Northern Kentucky is not the South. Um, but Southern Kentucky, Western Kentucky um, is the South. Uh, I think I think culturally and with that accent, um, I feel that that is more of the South that I know um, from my time in, in Tennessee. Link reporter Kenton Hornbeck is a Pendleton County native, and he has a different take. I do think Kentucky is part of the South. Spiritual, spiritually, culturally, everything about this state is more Southern than Ohio, Indiana, Missouri. But Kenton Hornbeck's presence in this conversation raises another issue. Is Pendleton County part of Northern Kentucky? They sound much more Southern the farther down US 27 you drive. There are many people who went to my high school who live south of Falmouth. So Falmouth is the county seat of Pendleton County. It's a little closer to Lexington, a little closer to Cynthiana. And as you go south on 27, you're going to hear that southern accent uh, pronounced more in people's dialects and voices or whatever. I definitely went to school with a lot of people who sound like this and not, you know, Hinton thinks he's got a, only a little bit of an accent, but Caitlin and Haley think he has the thickest accent among the Link team. I asked them that when Kenton left the room. Let me ask you two, now that Kenton's gone, um, who do you think has the best example of a Southern accent in this office? I really think it's Kenton. What do you think, what, what do you pick up on Kenton? It's really how he says his vowels. Caitlin Gebby has also picked up on some curiosities in the way people around here talk. She spent the past several months covering Boone County. I have noticed um, an accent in Boone County, and I don't know if I would call it a Southern accent, but it really is um, that mixture of Southern meets Midwest. Um, and I hear it a lot, and I'll pick on Judge Executive um, Gary Moore a little bit. I hear it a lot in his voice. Um, and I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if I would call it a Southern accent, but it is kind of the marriage of the two, just like Northern Kentucky is that marriage of Southern culture, Appalachian culture, and, and Midwestern culture. And there's that reference again, that we're a hodgepodge of surrounding regions. Oh, and for reference, uh, here's Boone County Judge Executive Gary Moore talking. First, let me thank my fellow NACO officers, whom I've worked with since being elected NACO's second vice president. And here's more of my chat with NKU professor Tamara O'Callaghan. I used to say vehicle. Yes. And, uh, you know, you, you go to broadcasting courses and, and you start to learn uh, to say it, maybe what is considered more proper. Mm -hmm. um, I also remember the word when I was here at university, even um, the word cement which I said cement, like the mm -hmm. Beverly Hillbillies and their cement pond in the backyard, their swimming pool. Um, but it evolves. Mm. Is there a conscious effort among professional-oriented people to perhaps swat some of those habits out of their vocabulary? There can be. I think that 
in certain professions, there is a pressure to sound like uh, as though you're speaking a, a kind of standard American English. The question is, whose standard are we following? Uh, where you can really notice it is if you listen to politicians speaking. Uh, Cl Bill Clinton was a good example of this. He was someone who'd been a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford. When he talked to people outside of the United States, he spoke what we might call a very standard American English pronunciation. Uh, when he was campaigning, particularly down in Arkansas, he had an Arkansanian accent that he emulated, or not emulated, he had it, but he made sure to use it because it would play better to his constituents. So I want to say to you, Alabama has to decide. Go home tonight, ask yourself, what do I want my country to look like when we cross that bridge to the 21st century? I know what the answer will be. Will you help us build that bridge? Is there a reason some of us might feel self-conscious about a Southern accent or colloquialisms? As someone who teaches history of the English language and linguistics, I am not pushing any of my students to have a certain way of speaking. In fact, for linguists, we're fascinated by the differences. That's actually what's wonderful about language. But this idea that there is good English or proper English is something that um, can be very problematic, I think, particularly for my students, because they can feel that, oh, because I sound like I'm from further south in Kentucky, that somehow I'm not as good as another student in the class who sounds like they're from Ohio. At the University of Kentucky, Professor Kramer sees similar instances. You know, different places offer accent reduction classes. People will go to those because they are um, afraid of being made fun of in, in the business world. Um, there are lots of reasons that people want to change the way they talk. Sometimes it's mockery. Sometimes um, there's this fear that you won't be able to make it in the world if you can't sound like a Midwesterner. And so, uh, yeah, regularly students tell me, and, and what they tell me is not just that it was in their heads. They've had people actively tell them. A student told me one of her professors told her she sounded poor. <sighs> and, and I said, you know, if we're here in our ivory tower telling students this, um, you know, what, what are we doing? So, you know, our students experience this not just from their peers, but from even their, their professors and, and other people in authority. And so, yeah, they, they get worried about it. They start trying to actively change it. And, and, and that makes me sad. And that's why I tell the students, I said, don't lose, don't lose your way of talking because then I'm out of a job. But it's also, for me, it's a, a lovely way of, of, of hearing that bit of who they are. Back in the Lincoln KY conference room, I peppered Kenton, Haley, and Caitlin with some more questions about accents and words and Southernisms, starting with, what do you call that little gray bug that curls up into a ball? It's a roly-poly. A oh, roly-poly. Pill bug. You say pill bug. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't jump in because I would say roly-poly too. You said roly-poly, uh -huh. Caitlin. I'm looking at this map and, and we are right, except for there's a tiny little, the only place in the country. <laughs> is Northern Kentucky, Southeast Indiana, and Southwest Ohio, where Pilbuck. And I've never heard Kenton it. But it's from Pilbuck country. Kenton said Pilbuck. And what about that word, y'all? I'm, I'm a strict you guys. Me too. Or you all. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with saying y'all and sounding, making it's it sound, to sound natural. authentic. Right. I hear a lot of people, it, it seems to be uh, broadening its appeal to people now. Right. It's just popping out there. But when I hear some people in this office say y'all in an email, 
it's not authentic <laughs> to me. It's it's uh, cultural appropriation. And is it a Coke, a soda, or a pop? Right. Soda. I'm kind of back and forth between soda and pop. It just kind of depends on what comes off the brain. Okay. What do you say, Caitlin? It's pop. It's Every pop. time. It's pop. That's so interesting because I would say Coke. And another controversial pronunciation. The sweet middle of a Milky Way bar. Um, what is that, Kenton? What do you find in the middle of a Milky Way bar? Caramel. Caramel? Yeah. What do you what do you find in there, Caitlin? Caramel. 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 Really? Yes. I'm with Kenton. It's caramel. Of course, here in Kentucky, there is a word that is very controversial when it's mispronounced, and it so often is, especially by outsiders. NKU professor Tamara O'Callaghan learned that when she moved here from Canada. Absolutely. Well, first of all, when I got here, I could not say Louisville. <laughs> it took me five years before I could say that. I think I started off with Louisville and then I'm, or Louisville. And then I find and my students just laughed at me and they would coach me. I think they found this quite fascinating. In Northern Kentucky, we know how to say Louisville. But do we say things like they do in Louisville? Are we as Southern as they are? Is Louisville even the South? Here's UK professor Jennifer Kramer again. Essentially, whether Kentucky gets to count as the South almost depends on your own geographic location. So Northerners uh, are like, absolutely, Kentucky's the South. And Southerners are like, no, not really. <laughs> so, so you get this kind of uh, positionality of where you are really colors how you see the rest of the geography. Linguistically speaking, what's interesting about that is if you look at Kentuckians and whether, if you give them a map of the, the region, they will do exactly what you expect Kentuckians to do, which is to draw the line along the Ohio River, kind of this little wavy line and be like, eh, we're in the middle here somewhere. Um, and, and so even Kentuckians kind of vary whether they want to call themselves Southern or not. So it looks like I found my answer to the question, does the Southern accent begin in Northern Kentucky? And that answer is yes. And the answer is no. Let me close with this, Jennifer. What do you call your grandmother? <laughs> well, uh, I actually grew up and I lived with my great grandparents and they were my mamma and papa. Um, and then uh, my grandparents, all my grandmothers were granny and their first name. And uh, my grandfathers were papa and their first name. So. Same here. <laughs> Definitely papa. Absolutely. I'm Michael Monks from Lincoln KY. We'll catch you next time on the Kentucky side.